This is the Midlife Mischief Club podcast with John and Alvin. Hey folks, John here. Today's conversation focuses on ways to engage with our communities and maintain our social circles in order to reduce the loneliness and isolation that often occurs as we get older. Joining us today is midlife mischief maker Carson Church, who is a recently retired singer and actor. Carson has performed in numerous regional productions as well as on and off Broadway. After spending most of his career in New York, Carson now lives in Oakland, California, where he has found many ways to engage with and enjoy his community. We hope you find this conversation interesting and look forward to hearing your comments. Thanks again for listening. For our viewers and listeners, if you, if you haven't read the Surgeon General's report on social isolation and loneliness, I highly recommend it. It's really informative, and it, I think it really does lay out kind of why these things are happening, uh, really showing that it is a problem, especially in young people. Loneliness kills. That, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, they're, and they're finding that it has real health impacts, as, as you said. Um, you know, it... it um, can actually, according to the report, a lack of uh, social connection and engagement uh, can lead to uh, a risk of premature death, uh, increase the risk by up to 30%, which is really significant. And many men our age do not have nearly as many friends and, and networks as uh, a lot of women do. Just speaking for myself, you know, I have a, a very small group of close friends I don't see them that often. Uh, you know, you know, maybe I'm texting them or, uh, you know, pinging them periodically, but I rarely actually see them in person. I, I don't know about you guys, how how, how that is. For I you. have the same thing. I guess I have a, a relatively small. I've heard people say, "Well, if you get to be our age, if you have two or three really good friends, you're doing well." But I think right. back on my mother and my father. Uh, you know, the greatest generation, and they just had what seemed like scores of just wonderful, dear, dear, real friends. And I look up on that one, wow. Yeah. My parents were regular cocktail party throwers. Yes. Wow, just and like, didn't yes. party throwers. Yes, same generation. And they even knew the art of it, like like uh, seating people, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, moving them over to the card room afterward. Married <laughs> <laughs> people never across from each other. And, and I think, you know, that is something that, I think we've lost a lot of that these days. Um, you know, the the art of throwing a good dinner party, or um, you know, even having those dear friends. Um, and so, finding these ways to kind of re-engage, uh, something that the report I think makes very clear is when you re-engage with your community, yeah. that provides a significant boost to uh, just your overall happiness. Uh, it also provides a boost to the neighborhood and to the community itself where, you know, people who are engaged with their neighborhood take better care of it. They take better care of their homes. There's less crime. Uh, I think COVID caused a lot of people to sort of flee the cities, move to places where they can get, you know, have a more of a quality of life. I think a lot of people reevaluated. I think so. I think so. In a big way, friends that I was living in San Francisco and they just... He moved out to Petaluma and realized, right. you know, what am I living in the city for? What am I doing? Why am I in this job? Or when they were talking about people not going back to these jobs, well, oh, they don't want to work. No, I think they reevaluated when they were spending time with their family. And then they realized, oh, I'm going to go back to work at McDonald's or the, the right. uh, you know, something 
bad job they didn't like. Uh, what you were mentioning before, I was um, I, I volunteered during COVID and delivered food. Wow, awesome. There were a friend of mine was doing it, my friend Ted, that Adam knows, and he said, um, well, there's, there's another route and you can do it too. So uh, twice a week, we went out and went down to downtown Oakland and picked up these this truck full of about 25 meals and stuff and drove it around. And for me, it was nice. And for him, because we could drive around and all, we could also sort of antique while we were out there. People leaving right. on the street, right. picking stuff up. And so that was good. And it was it was surprisingly satisfying to go out there and just give these people food and uh, get it done. And so I was thinking that's a good way for me to maybe do a little more of that. And Absolutely. Get some more volunteering going. Right. And you then by extension you find people that have like interest because you're volunteering to the same thing and that's a good way to meet people. Um, other projects like I've been doing some house projects for me meeting with people and trying to get the the foundation job done or this painting job done that's for a long time that's been the reason for getting up right and that's been also surprisingly good for me because before you felt after retiring for uh, a few years ago I have still yet to sort of find the thing I need something bigger and better and more meaningful that will make this chapter of my life more more I, I think that's a really important point which is everyone's purpose you know yeah. and when people spend their whole sort of adult lives working uh, either at the same job or multiple jobs and and work really defines them it defines who they are and who you meet a hundred percent and and when they retire they don't know what to do with themselves. I did shows for, you know, 30, 35 years, yeah. meeting 30, 40 new people every few months. I just didn't realize that when I wasn't doing that, that I didn't meet anyone. Right. That I didn't have that access, that I didn't I didn't meet new people, and I just didn't have it. Well, and we didn't mention, your previous life was that of a, of a musical actor. Yes. In, in New York, which is a whole interesting story. A long, it sounds a lot more glamorous than it is. Than it really is. From appearing on Conan to Howard Stern. Yes. That's right. That's right. Howard Stern, Conan, Broadway, a lot of different things. I did most everything you can do as a lot of the singer in a small way. Well, aging is mandatory, but maturing is optional. I'm resisting our... it as best I can. <laughs> Peter Pan syndrome all the way. Um, you know, as someone who spent so much of your time uh, singing and, and kind of performing like that, do you still do anything like that to to kind of sing or uh, in the shower? In the shower, okay. <laughs> Alvin and I. Alvin, uh, I, I played guitar. Don't and Alvin, put me in the shower. <laughs> Alvin, Alvin was is, was learning guitar and he's been moving forward on his guitar. So uh, and I would, had never played the the rock stuff that Alvin wanted to mm -hmm. play. I, I played guitar in church, right, and played it in musicals and stuff. So I was able to discover all these classic tunes, and, and Alvin and I were noodling on all these tunes. So that's that's been a lot of fun. Nice. And music is a great thing for your brain. Yes. At, 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 at midlife mischief time, it's definitely, you know, and anything qualifies evidently. Singing, learning a guitar, you know, or a, a language too. Language is yes. it's the same part of your brain and really helps you. Really say because I had some real issues with the isolation in the band. Sure. The first part of it made sense to me. They were. Uh, you know, it appears that I was socially, you know, distancing for years without realizing it. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're not going to go to any restaurants and, and, and okay, that's fine. I wasn't doing that. You don't anyway. do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't go to bars anymore or big sports events. Okay. I don't do that anyway either. And you, so I even had weird things like the uh, Achilles tendon thing because I was walking around with my, uh, with no shoes for, for weeks because I wasn't going out of the house. 
Well, and, and you know, myself and, and, you know, my family, my wife and kids, we're generally introverted. During the pandemic, it didn't really affect us a whole lot yeah. either um, because we don't go out a ton anyways. Um, and I think a lot of people are like that. I think for the folks who aren't, who are constantly uh, looking for, you know, something to do and to go out and all that, I think it was crushing for them to have to spend so much time in their apartment or whatever. I just did endless road trips. I yeah. was the opposite. So yeah. You just down. out all the time. I call, I call it the era of lockout. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just, just don't go home. On the road uh, exploring greater California. It was like an episode of Barrier Backroads. What? That's nice. <laughs> for two years. That's nice. Yeah. It was a long, it was a long time. <clears throat> you stuck in your house and not doing enough and not getting exercise. I didn't realize how much I needed the pool. I'd only swum much and everything. I didn't want to go when the pools closed and there wasn't any place to exercise with me. It's like, wow, yeah, what do I do? Oh, I yeah. got to switch. Yeah. So it was, a, yeah. it was a real adjustment, I thought, for me. The, the golfing has been, been, a, been a, a real hoot because I hadn't golfed in so many years and you guys got me out several times to golf in the, basically on the, on the dirt. I was going to see it's very loose. <laughs> Calling it golf, okay. it's the pitch and putt. The, the hard dirt uh, driving range. There yeah, it's, it's right. where yeah, it's where the every, every I think they're all three par, and it's really just trying to hit the green and put it in. So gotcha. And we have one like when my friend Joe and I go, we have a couple of violent, violent rules, and the first one is don't keep score. <laughs> don't keep that. Score. That is the best rule. And play the furthermost ball. So you're playing with two or three guys. Somebody hits a great shot. You all go down there. You put your ball right where his is, and you continue on. With oh, wow. Yeah. I like that. Because uh, otherwise, it takes too long. But it's fun being out there. And boy, up there at Chabot, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just and there's an inverse relationship with how, how good a golfer you are and how much exercise you get. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I am a terrible golfer, so uh, I'll be getting some great exercise. Oh, right? Yeah. I don't know. you got to be better than me if you call yourself a golfer. At I all. am not a golfer at all. It's fun, though. Yeah. I, I, I do. I played a little when I was a kid. Took a couple lessons when I was like 12. And then I fell in love with it again, and I did a show somewhere in the middle of nowhere in the country. And uh, when you're out there with away from New York and you're doing these shows, whatever is going on in the town sometimes becomes the thing that everyone does. So one time it was bingo, one time it was this, and then this time it was this little bitch and putt course that you, you were given two clubs on a little wire thing that you could walk around, and all you had was a putter and a, a another little you know thing. That's so fun. And it was great, great fun. So the Bay Area is actually a, a pretty amazing place. You know, there's a reason why we all live here. You know, there's uh, you know beautiful scenery, and you know the ocean's not that far away, and you know tremendous access to you know these really beautiful parts of the country you know sonoma and, and napa aren't that far away and um you know monterey and carmel you it's know. the beauty of california it, whatever you so want you just go to it yeah you want the snow you drive for a few hours you're in the snow you want exactly. the redwoods you drive for a while you're there you want the beach you go over there you exactly the farmland and and i think you know having lived i've, I've moved around quite a bit you know over the years um, and oftentimes we, we, we don't take advantage of the things that are right around us oh, like that. Totally. You know, I, I lived in DC for a while and, as a student and, um, you never went to the white house. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there aren't any records, um, <laughs> you know, but, but it was such an amazing city. And the one thing that I did do, 
uh, as an art student there was take advantage of the museums. And, you know, being able to go and walk into any of the Smithsonian's or uh, there was like the Hirshhorn and all these different museums, you know, for free. We're, we're just at your disposal. You know, wherever you are, there are probably really amazing points of interest that you, you just haven't stumbled across yet. And going and maybe tr finding a great hike uh, near you or uh, finding a good ride, you know, a great motorcycle ride that's mm -hmm. near you. Uh, there's these apps that kind of plot out these beautiful rides. Um, uh, you know, Carson, you were talking about, uh, you know, uh, volunteering. Yes. And actually helping to distribute food. Um, most big cities have food banks. Yeah. Uh, and, and being able to volunteer for something like that, I think, is really impactful. And as you said, really satisfying as well. And you meet people with similar interests as they're volunteering exactly. for the same thing that you are. And that really helps. Exactly right. I think. Um, and, and, and that sort of um, involvement and engagement in the community, it, it's a way to help meet people, to get you out of your house. Um, and to actually, again, have more of a purpose. You know, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Well, you get great satisfaction by, by helping people, uh, being somewhat altruistic. Um, uh, and then also it, it widens your social circle because now you're actually meeting some of the people who uh, maybe need the help, but also the people who are doing the helping. Um, and so I think finding these activities, um, you know, in your community uh, are really great ways to help not only give you purpose, but also um, really increase your social network uh, and, um, you know, and, and reduce that kind of isolation and, and loneliness uh, that we were talking about earlier. This is the coolest thing, John. There's a, there, there's a is it Berkeley Co-op? Oh, yes. The uh, Water's Edge. Anyway, you... It's basically a bike repair shop where you, you have, uh, they basically avail you of all their tools. Right. So you show up with your bike and you can do whatever you want. No, so you just sign in. Repair your bike. And they, and they have the most extensive um, amount of parts you've ever seen. Wow. And it allows someone like me to, because I like that. I like, yeah. I, the, the drug for me is like I bought a bike and it had a broken axle. And most people would buy a new wheel or something. And the axle itself, you know, you have to take everything apart to oh. get to it. But, you know, it's, you know, I went out there and I bought one for a dollar. Right. And then, sure, it took, you know, half a day to get everything out and put it back together. But the, uh, as I said, I am still just entranced and amazed at bicycles. And the... A bicycle is kind of your first... Uh, Horse. Yeah, it's your first uh, ticket to some level of freedom. Independence. Right? And my twin with Bonanza, we oh, come on. I have my, oh my God. I that was my car. Seat. Mine had a peace right. sign on it, okay? <laughs> it had a, a sissy bar this tall yeah, yeah. and a big peace sign, which at the time was like a 60s throwback. Right. And I was going, wow. And, and as, a, as a kid, when something breaks, you know, you get a flat yeah. or whatever. Maybe you want to mod it and do something cool with it. Um, it's your first sort of access to tools yeah. and working on something and maybe getting some satisfaction out of that. And, and look, even today, now, it's something that still is bringing you great kind of joy. And, and I like even just doing taking them apart. Sometimes yeah. you find one, a jumper on the street, and sure. it's fun. I put it up on the rack, and I take it apart and find different parts I want to keep and stuff. Well, this is practically like a part-time bike shop because you always have several bikes here. I so do. I have a little fleet. Your 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 yes. your your guests can uh, right. 
almost choose which bike they want to ride that day. I have several for men and one smaller one for women or smaller men. Really good. <laughs> no judgment. And no judgment. Smaller <laughs> men. Uh, but it's and it's 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 wonderful that you can get around, especially around here, so easily. Being able to do something with your hands. Uh, in my next life, I would like that skill. Well, but but when it comes to repairing things. Right. I mean, you do it in a different way though, with art and uh, you know, learning to play guitar and and those kinds of things. I, I think anything that requires that sort of intensity and focus. And there is something about working with your hands and, and even if it's creating a painting or making sourdough uh, bread or making sourdough bread. You know, this morning I woke up at the crack of dawn and threw a loaf of bread in the oven and um, well, I love it. It's fun. John it, makes sourdough bread yeah. from scratch. Person, oh, oh, and I love it. Just the, Im the images are I love that because I would be this big if I did that. I, would just, I love bread. It's I could a, eat a whole loaf. It's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a problem because generally I try to stay sort of low carby and uh, again, you know, sort of for health. Uh, I love carbs. I love carbs too and I love bread. Um, but I figure, look, if you're going to eat bread, make it really, really good bread. Uh, and so I've been learning. I just uh, about six months ago, I started teaching myself how to make sourdough. And so do you have a. You have a, like, I have a, a wart or starter that I have you a starter. Keep, yeah. that keeps in the fridge and you pull it out and it gets bigger and yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you add to your starter? You do. You feed it. It's it's alive. It's alive. See that yeah, this people name them. Me. I haven't named mine. I, oh. I I'm falling I'm slacking. I, I really have to name I it. I remember a story a million years ago. They were in San Francisco, they said that the starter or something had been going for eighty two years or yeah. something and they finally something happened and it, they had to start a new one, but oh, God. it had been going on for the same block yeah yeah forever because it does it's alive you just keep feeding it flour and water and it just keeps going mm. i love sourdough um, too being raised in san francisco area yeah. it's like oh bread it well crab and sourdough exactly mm. what does it not go with another thing i've been doing got into that was gardening oh yeah i hadn't uh done any gardening at all i had laughably had, a, had like one plant in my life and I, um, a friend's mother was moving out of her house and going to an assisted living place. Mm -hmm. And since, of course, I had a truck, suddenly I was his best buddy. <laughs> and uh, so I did a lot of stuff for him, and we moved a lot of stuff around. And at one point, he goes, you know, we have to move all these plants out of here, too. I said, okay. So we sure. put all the plants in the, in the truck and brought them home, and I was going to give them to Goodwill or something. And I was sitting on the porch going, hey, maybe that... One over there, that would look good, like right here on the. And that started it. And nope. now your front yard and backyard is now, like a tour I of mean, Santa yeah. Fe's. Oh my goodness. There wasn't any, everything in the front yard. I don't know if you looked, every single plant here wasn't here before the pandemic. No kidding. Everything was planted, except there was one the, the, the jade plant in the corner and the rose bush in the other corner. But every other plant was planted by me. Wow. Here, yeah, during the pandemic and all the other plants in the house. And, it's been, uh, that's been a great source of enjoyment because they grow and live and change and blossom and, and get bigger and change shape and sometimes die, but at least they change. And, and you even swap, um, what are they? Uh, cuttings. Cuttings uh, yes. with neighbors. Yes, you go down. We were walking down the street the other walk day. Walk down the street. And, I, I and he introduced himself to a neighbor who had a really... Uh, a very... A show, a show garden. Yeah, a show garden. Wow. And I said, look, if you, you know, interest, you have a lot of varieties I don't have, and I might not have much you're interested in, but maybe we could swap yeah. over. And he goes, oh, great. And uh, 
Plant people are very nice. I want to do like vegetable, fruits and vegetables. Oh, and so um, just this past uh, kind of spring and summer. Tomatoes and sour bread. I just did one of my I did steps. tomatoes and. Um, uh, Order of garden. I like this. Yeah. I, I didn't do herbs. I should do herbs. But I basically, what was most successful were my tomatoes. Really? And I got some heirlooms that were beautiful, wow. some black crims, which are like a beautiful, very dark, uh, but just delicious tasting tomato that you don't see very often. Um, and a bunch of cherry tomatoes. And we wound up using a great deal of them. How much land did you use? To like oh, I used the tiniest. 10 by 10 or even smaller just, than that, They're right? just like these big stainless steel. They're like tubs. Like horse troughs. Yeah. Right. Those things yeah. are about this long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen those. And, and I, you set up automatic irrigation? I did everything by hand. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm used to doing that. So there will be a whole episode on, on growing your own cannabis and stuff. Um, but... I have learned from that, you know, how to create good soil and add amendments to it and water. And so I actually had a little bit of knowledge. Um, so I wasn't going it, into it completely blind, um, but I had never really successfully grown a lot of vegetables. But I got a bunch of zucchini out of it, a bunch of really good tomatoes. Um, I was completely blind. Yeah. I just, I would put them somewhere, and if they didn't live, I'll, all I had was two tools. Yep. Less light, more light, less water, more water. Right. And I move it around until it did well. There you go. But uh, it's been one. But it, it also gets you outside, and, um, you know, you're you're spending time on it's it. It's really fun. It's fun. I, I grew up with my mother making zucchinis, and they just oh. got bigger and bigger. It was like Jurassic zucchini. <laughs> and we, uh, we would have zucchini bread, zucchini soup, zucchini everything. And it's quite remarkable how if we were re like re uh, reduced to only having a few vegetables, how many things yeah. you could make, say, just, I mean, just with zucchini. Right. Right. Because you can actually, uh, I mean, zucchini in the oven with Parmesan and olive oil. Oh, man. Put lemon on it, and it's delicious. You know, it's yeah. really nice. I haven't done it yet, but that's definitely one of my next steps because, at least according to the online gurus, even 10 by 10 or yeah. 10 by 20 is enough to make crazy amounts, especially for one person, of produce. And, and my neighbors have this amazing garden, and they just bequeath us, the, you know, bags of fruit and tomatoes. That's amazing. All the, the figs. They gave us a bucket load of figs. And I made some fig jam. And I've never made fig jam Those before. Delicious. It, it is so much nicer, a little bit sweeter. It's definitely, it has like a fresher taste to it. Wow. And it's cheese the, and crackers. That's crazy. Oh my God. A little goat cheese or a little brie or something. It's fantastic. Um, but, but having a neighbor like that, who they are master gardeners, their, their fruit and tomatoes and everything are to, like nothing I've ever seen. You know, so that's a good, that's a good bartering neighbor to have. Yes. I made, <laughs> see, I made them a sourdough and I brought them a sourdough and they were so lovely and they kind of returned the favor. And so, yeah, we kind of have right. this little bit of a bartering relationship. Um, and they're the, the sweetest people. And now when they have too much of something, like extra figs or whatever, they'll come and they'll bring it over, and then I'll bring them a sourdough bread. Yeah, another example of a good way to meet people. I, yeah. The yeah. people I met through, I put ads in Craigslist saying I had 
this kind of cactus, I have this, and people call up and they come over and they bring stuff. And Right. This whole bartering idea, it's, it makes me think that we should all be almost like required to go to Burning Man at least once because <laughs> that whole bartering, bartering yeah. concept, you know, eliminating currency is so interesting from a community standpoint. Right. Kind of going back to that idea of breaking down social isolation. I think you're bringing up an interesting point, though, which is, one... Oftentimes we don't know our neighbors, and so getting to know your neighbors can can help you know kind of expand your your social circle. And it's it's always good, I think, to have a close neighbor. You know, when when you're into similar kinds of hobbies and things, like I'm sure there's people around here who bicycle, and For, um, you know, as you said, there's someone up the street who they have a fantastic garden, and you know, so it does become something that allows you to meet people and maybe even barter and exchange things um that is it, you know it's it's something that um it's an association yeah and it's a and community it, it's a community, it's a community. We, we did a lot of it in connecticut so there was one guy that had the horses and he would bring manure to everybody right for the garden and then the things from the garden one guy had a ton of eggs so they would get eggs out and we had uh rhubarb we had crates mm. of rhubarb so we'd give that out and it's the community. It's like, I have this, and I love the barter thing. People used to do this all the time. Right. And we don't do it at all anymore because it's too easy to go to the supermarket and buy everything. It takes social initiative. Carson's very yeah. good at this. He'll, he'll, he'll strike up a conversation with any stranger. I, I really will. admire it. And actually, it's funny. The flea market really lends itself to this. So yeah. he's a regular visitor of the flea market, and he's a great haggler. And that's how you need to... I enjoy that. You had, just yesterday, you got your, your motorcycle helmet. I got that from my father. Wells wears a little tape. One of his favorite ones is he'll pick something up and he'll say, excuse me, how much is this dollar item? <laughs> <laughs> just so you get up on the right Yeah, path. how much is this dollar item? But I also want to try, I try whenever possible, never to buy anything retail. Like I was making, uh, with my little niece, I was going to make some brownies. I didn't have a brownie pan. So I had to run out and find a brownie pan. I don't want to go to... Ikea and get a brownie right. so, so I went to the flea market, looked around and found the, you know, dollar item for uh, brownie pans and, you know, and the helmet too. I went there to look for the helmet and got that, found it in the first row I looked at. So uh, Carson, having uh, been a dealer, uh, is, a, is a good grand uh, master host for our uh, card nights. We haven't had one for a while. We got to get them going again. We had them in New York regularly and with a bunch of people, other thespians. Yes. And it is, you know, I mean, I believe it's not about the game at all. It is just an excuse to sit around the table and speak to people. Right. You happen to be playing this game that may be fun, maybe not, maybe it's hard, maybe not, but it's really about the social aspect. Mm. Getting them over here. Also, uh, card night, if, if you're not doing poker, you have to get six or eight people to play a good game of poker. Right. And you only need four to play a lot of other games, or even three. Hey, we limp along with with three playing. We limp uh, along with three. Everything from uh, from spades, spades to, to whist to yeah to euchre and uh, seven card bun or hearts. One of my favorite hearts, spades mm -hmm. and hearts. Another thing is good for your brain. Yeah, uh, but trying to remember the cards and playing playing cards is, is really good for your brain. Well, and a super, super social thing that, um, you know, I certainly haven't done in years and years, but, um, you know, sounds like a good time. Well, uh, let's get your name on the list. Put yeah. his name on the list. That's right. <laughs> There's a game called Card Game that is just really designed to, to get people 
talking or arguing. I think it's crimes against humanity. Cards against humanity. Cards against humanity. Oh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. supposed to be really, really funny. It is. It is really a riot. Funny. And yeah. then uh, and scatterboys, I think, is another. Oh, that's a good one. And charades, of course. Sure, brain. That's, <laughs> that's uh, sounds like <laughs> two words. You know, something something that came up from the uh, Surgeon General's report was that um, people, the amount of time that people spend with friends uh, has actually dropped. They actually tracked this from the, I think it was the 60s. And there was a time in the 60s where um, people would spend 60 hours, I think it was 60 hours a month with friends. So 15 hours a week, that's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, and I think the latest numbers were uh, uh, like 2018 or 2020. It was 20 hours. 20 hours a month spent with friends compared wow. to 60 hours a month. It has dropped off that precipitously. Not only is this, uh, you know, kind of a problem for, for folks, you know, of our age who, you know, are finding ways, you know, finding our purpose uh, as we begin to retire and, and finding... Uh, things for us to do. I think we we do have to remember our kids and uh, and our our grandkids and relatives or nieces uh, and nephews. Um, you know that they are going through the same thing, and and potentially spending less and less time in person with uh, you know their friends and their their real social network. Um, so I think it's something that you know if we model that behavior ourselves. Uh, by by seeing friends in person and and um, being a good example of like you know spending time not only with our own uh, families and, and children but also with our own friends and social networks um, you know hopefully we can model that for uh, our our kids and our close network as well um, because really as as I think you said at the beginning there's really no replacement for that yeah um, the person to person there's no they even I read some report that was the, the, the little kids don't they can't learn if it's if yeah. it's not in person, right? The same and it could be the same teacher. They have this, you know the same lesson at a big screen, yeah. life size, showing them whatever it is they're showing them the the, the lesson. But if it's not in person, the, the kid doesn't get it. The kid does it, it has to. It's not interesting. We're just social creatures by design. We have one, and this is you know even this podcast. You know, could we have done this via Zoom? Absolutely, we could have. Would it have been as good? No. No. And I'm, I'm glad we're here together. Uh, Carson, thank you for having us, inviting us into your My home. pleasure. Alvin, you know, I'm, I'm glad I get to see you again and, and uh, that uh, we're here together today. And we'll see you both at the next card night. We will. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, it's a day. In person. In person. And I just want to warn you, that's an invitation from a shark. Oh, dear. <laughs> I do like to shoot the moon, so watch out. Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us today. You know, I, I hope you leave some comments for us and tell us uh, what you thought. And, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. So thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Midlife Mischief Club podcast. Please be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can find show notes, links to our socials, and see what else is cooking on our website at midlifemischiefclub.com.